What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sam's Report. It is Friday. It is the 12th of October. Month is about half over, and uh, it's it's been a good day. Been a good day. I'll get to explain why here in a few weeks. Um, but yeah, and so it's also been an interesting week for Microsoft. A lot of a lot of stuff going on in the tech world. Google had an event. Um, Apple's not ready to re reveal their cards. I thought they might send out uh, press invites for their tablet Mac event that they're expected to have, but I digress. There's a lot to talk about today because Microsoft, and I did a video about this earlier this week and I got a little bit more to add to it, but Microsoft announced their xCloud gaming service this week, which is going to be their streaming platform for games coming up. And so if you're not familiar with this is, this is Microsoft's going to run Xbox hardware in their data centers and stream games to your mobile device, your laptop, your whatever, and allow you to game and uh, game from anywhere and, and remove the console from the equation, or I should say the console barrier from the equation. Um, Microsoft, to be explicitly clear, is not going to stop making these things back here. This is an Xbox One X. Uh, they are definitely still in that game. They're not leaving that scarlet uh, is still, I believe, coming in 2020, and so don't think that. But this is in addition to that platform. It's going to open up gaming to a lot more people, um, and there's going to be there's a lot of questions about this because obviously latency is still a big thing, and everything else. And so I've got a lot of questions about, hey, is Microsoft still working on that streaming box uh, that I talked about many weeks ago? And yeah, I'm still seeing references to it internally. So are my sources. Are still hearing things about it, and so I want to kind of clarify what I understand how this is going to work. And so there, there's the issue of latency, and on maybe on your phone or your tablet, it may not be so uh, transparent, but if you're playing a console game and you're playing a first-person shooter, that's going to be a problem. Forza, maybe not so much, but any type of like RPG, that's not going to matter so much either, but the FPS genre will definitely be latency-based. And so how Microsoft is looking at this and what their kind of solution is that they're at least trying with now, now granted they could change all this before they, they uh, ship the product, but imagine that there's a local box that does local compute. And this could be your computer, but Microsoft's probably going to sell an Xbox branded version of this. And what this little compute device allows you to do, imagine you can be in a box. It, put your character, your gaming character, in a box. And they can look around and they can walk forward, but there's nothing there. It's just a big, blank, empty canvas. And so what that box allows you to do is to be that person in the environment. And then what Microsoft streams down is the the textures and what you're actually looking at. So the idea being that you can move around and look around with zero latency and then everything else is just streamed in, which sounds kind of dangerous, but at the same time, not really, because every time you play a multiplayer game, their movements and everything else are already streamed down. So that conflict of when a character gets shot or everything else like that, that problem is already solved. And so what they're doing now is they're now taking the next step and going to start streaming in part of the maps and all that, but they're not going to get rid of that local rendering where you can look around and move. And I think that's the, the holy grail missing piece to this. And so I'll be curious to see if they can do that with uh, computers as well. I don't think phones will be strong enough yet or powerful enough, although I might bite my tongue and put my foot in my mouth with that. Uh, but that is kind of the idea to explain just a little bit more about how I think that is going to work. And you put that xCloud gaming streaming service, you put that local compute component, and then you have Microsoft streaming games. And uh, I would imagine that they're going to charge monthly for that because that's their favorite thing to do. But if they price it right, it could be really, really valuable. Just like Game Pass is right now. If you're going to play a whole bunch of games a year, 10 bucks a month is really cheap if you're going to buy more than two games. I mean, back of the napkin math, it says you're going to spend at least 120 bucks on games. 
Um, if you you know pay 10 bucks a month for Game Pass, which you can get a little bit cheaper sometimes if you buy like bundles and discounts and all that stuff, uh, it, it works out really well as long as the games are in the Game Pass. But I, I this is gonna this is gonna be interesting, and it's coming in 2019. And I got a lot of crap for saying, hey, Microsoft's next gen consoles planned for 2020. But uh, if they're going to debut and start testing the service in 2019, you can understand then how they can ship a product in 2020. They can get a year of testing in. And so, obviously, I still believe that this is a precursor to Microsoft's next step, which would be streaming Windows and Windows applications. I hear that they're going to start working on uh, streaming APIs for applications. And I think this might actually be how Microsoft finally builds a true store. Yes, they have the Windows Store today. But if they can build a service that streams apps, high-quality apps, that can be a store model that Microsoft is so desperately trying to build at scale because the current store, while it works, it's not the it's not the greatest thing in the world. But moving to a streaming model means people would have to update their apps, change the model, and that's how Microsoft can capitalize on a store type scenario. Uh, it's really interesting. That stuff's going to come after xCloud because xCloud in itself is a little bit more compact, right? It's limited scenario for the most part. I know it can get really complicated, but it's just gaming. Um, it's not productivity. It's not... Anyways, you guys understand. Uh, another scoop I posted yesterday that I heard, Microsoft reorg some of their AI components, so AI and research under Harry Shum. Um, yeah, so Cortana used to be in the AI world, and now Microsoft is putting it under Office. And that's basically all you need to know about how Microsoft thinks about Cortana. They're moving it out of the AI space. It's just going to become a feature of Office, which kind of reminds me of Clippy. But I, again, I don't think Cortana is going away per se. But it's definitely getting reconfigured in how Microsoft thinks about it because they're not going to compete with Amazon and Google and Apple at this point, especially not in the consumer space. And so they're going to nest it inside of Office and it's going to become part of your productivity suite. And so, you know, make of that what you will, but I, that is absolutely accurate. I have many sources who told me this and so um, highly confident. Mary Jo even uh, commented and said, hey, that this is all good stuff. Um, good stuff meaning accurate. Whether or not you think it is good that Cortana is inside of Office, that is up for you to debate. Um, I think it makes sense. There was, I was told that there's been some tension for a while that Cortana should have been in Office because that's where it's most valuable. And now that it's actually there, I'll be curious to see how Microsoft plays this. Uh, one source said, hey, be careful in thinking of Cortana as an isolated product anymore. And so I think it's just going to kind of move to the back burner uh, a little bit here. And so also other things involving uh, digital assistance, but this one's a little bit more awkward, but explains why the move for Cortana, you can now get an Amazon Echo Dot with the purchase of an Xbox because Microsoft released the updated Xbox uh, hardware, I believe, whatever their fall release, that now supports the integration with uh, the Amazon product that I'm specifically not naming because my office will blow up and yours might as well. And so that's all you need to know, folks, is that Microsoft is now bundling an Echo with their Xbox. There's nothing else to tell you there. Um, so yeah, you can go grab that October update, I believe now. And so there you go. Hopefully my box back here updated. I have it turned on for auto updating, but doesn't always seem to work. Doesn't always seem to work. Uh, Microsoft also re-released version Windows 10 version 1809. Uh, there was an issue with OneDrive and known folder location and it was deleting content. We all know about that and they've now fixed it. But this is just highlighting, I've heard this before, that Microsoft has a data problem. Um, 
it's a little interesting too. It's it's a big data problem that they have so much data with the Insider Feedback Hub that they can't. It, it's hard to find you know the true signal and all the noise. And this is a perfect example of that. And so here we are with Microsoft saying, hey, they had the feedback and then they forgot to they didn't address it even though they had it. Uh, probably because they couldn't find it because it wasn't upvoted. And so they're introducing a new severity uh, component to Feedback Hub, which is going to do nothing. Because people are going to be like, oh, look, my clipboard uh, UI doesn't match the, I don't know, File Explorer UI, uh, severity, severity 1 or 0 or whatever, the highest level severity level. And then people are going to look at it and be like, this is dumb. And then people are just going to abuse it because I, and I'm guilty of this as well. If it impacts me, then it impacts everyone. Uh, and so you just rate it really high or you try to get it upvoted and the crowd is not always right. The mob mentality of what should be done is not always accurate. Just keep that in mind. Uh, on the good side for Microsoft Surface and for the fact that I'm writing a book, so it gives me more to talk about, Microsoft has become a top five PC maker in the United States. That's uh, not a big surprise. If they were only selling the Surface Pro, then I would be a little bit more surprised. But I mean, they sell tons of hardware now. They've got this thing back here, the studio. Uh, they've got, you can't really see it. It's right there. That's the edge of it. That's the Surface Book 2. They've got the Surface Go. They've got the Surface Laptop. Um, they've got Surface Headphones soon. And so that's not a big surprise, but it just shows that Microsoft is actually selling this stuff in a decent volume. And so this is that's it's just another little notch in the uh, milestone marker for the company. It's not going to change anything. They're still going to continue down the same path that they're on. And um, but yeah, so it's just kind of neat. The other thing, Microsoft uh, is contributing 60,000 patents to the Linux community, basically saying we won't sue you over these uh, as long as you're a member of the group, which is really cool. And it just shows Microsoft's commitment to the open source community. And But they're not, they're not putting everything in there. We don't actually know how many I think they kept back, but it's not involving anything with Windows because they don't want to open source Windows, obviously, because it still makes a lot of money and they don't want to do that. And so, but I believe this is going to stop the company from... Uh, capitalizing upon its Android royalties for a large portion um, of its revenue, which is interesting, a large portion of its uh, mobile revenue, I should say, because it's very specific. It's not, I don't think it's material. If this was a material impact, they wouldn't be doing this. And so that's kind of interesting. It's just, it's showing the change in Microsoft and that they're, what they're doing, because they, they said, I think more than half of the, the VMs on Azure are Linux based. They have a big deal with Red Hat. And um, by contributing here, it, it just shows, and they bought GitHub for that matter. It just shows that Microsoft from 2005 is very different than Microsoft of 2018. Uh, the famous Steve Ballmer Linux's cancer quote is now fizzling out and it's a new world inside the world of Microsoft. Um, and if you're wondering about the Surface headphones, which they announced last week, but then they didn't announce the ship date, Microsoft said that, hey, they're coming, uh, I believe you can pre-order them November 15th, and I think they're coming the 19th, sometime late November, and for the starting price of about 350 bucks. And so if you've been holding out for that. Uh, other things that were announced in the industry this week, Google's Pixel 3 and Pixel 3 XL were announced. No big surprises here. It's got a Jimumbus notch on the XL, which is very... It's odd. It's odd. And then the, the Pixel 3 has a top chin and bottom chin in a world where its own uh, partners building Android phones and Apple is building bezel-less phones and Google has almost unlimited resources. They build a phone that looks like it's from about 2013. Um, I don't know. The pic, I'm sure the camera is going to be great. I'll be curious to see the reviews here. And it's a good, it's a good phone. Um, I 
just I just think we all kind of see Google push the barrier. They kind of want to do what what Surface is doing, where right, it's the leader of the market, not just another middle player. And so uh, they definitely kill it in the camera segment. I will never argue that Google does some fabulous stuff there, and I think the Pixel Three will continue that line. And then also on the Google side, which was very befuddling, is that Google Plus had a data breach and they didn't tell anyone because they thought they could just sweep it under the rug. But uh, it's basically leading to the demise of Google Plus. They're killing that product. It is, well, it is dead, I believe now. If not, it's going to be in the coming days. And so there you go. Google Plus finally dead. Google's attempt at a social network, complete full circle and collapse. And that is that. And so we got some questions this week, folks, some good ones. And uh, let me refresh them here, and then we will dive into those. Rob Segal says, will Microsoft add Google Calendar and contact support to Outlook on Windows in the near future? Um, that's, that is a great question. <laughs> I wonder if that has more to do with Google than, my, well, no, it should be Microsoft. I mean, I guess... My, my question really is when you say Outlook, I'm assuming you don't mean the built-in mail apps because mail uh, uh, works with Google and calendar works with Google as well because I know because I use both of them with it. Now the question becomes Outlook proper. That I don't know and I don't know why they're holding off so much on that, but there you go. Um, I know there are workarounds though. Um, Makataba says... Since Cortana is headed to enterprise and is no longer for consumers, do you think that Microsoft should rename it to something else like Microsoft Assistant? Cortana is a game character and therefore doesn't sound like a professional name, especially in an office environment. Also, Cortana might not be a, might be a proper name for international markets. And then Wright IS says, on the other hand, more people know, probably know Cortana as a voice assistant than game character. And he's true. Uh, I bet more people know Cortana as... Oh, geez, I can hear things. Uh, Cortana as the assistant rather than the Halo character. Um, but this is going to be an interesting question because I totally get what you're saying is that Microsoft has this Cortana thing, but it doesn't really fit with Office. And so will they rename it? I, I don't know. I Marketing things are so hard to pin down because they'll do a research study and then they'll do, um, they'll do some analysis and then they'll do some surveys and then they'll decide whether or not Cortana is a damaged brand at this point, which I don't think it is. It's just not a super popular one. But I will tell you this is that uh, I, I do know they're moving away from naming other things. Remember, they used to have Cortana analytics and other stuff. And so they're moving away from naming other products with Cortana. So... Uh, HRLNGRV says Gartner's US figures for 2018 Q3 P PC shipments showed Microsoft bursting into the top five. Has Microsoft given any hints about how well Surface Go and the rest of the Surface line is doing? Is the increase due mostly to Surface Go or to other high end devices? So Microsoft has never, ever, ever broken out sales figures by device of the product line. That is kind of the holy grail of things that I've been looking for and have never been able to get. So I don't know. Um, I do know that Surface Pro is almost always the best-selling device that they have. Uh, Surface Go sold in some decent volume, but I don't I don't have specific figures, unfortunately. So uh, Seattle Mike says, Brad, I've heard you mention in the past about quitting your old job, CPA question uh, mark, to start down the path that led you to career here. What motivated you to move from having a nine-to-five desk job into writing and editing about technology? So yeah, uh, I had a career before I was doing all this. Um, I, I have an undergraduate degree in accounting. I have an MBA. 
And so my previous career was actually in financial consulting for a large uh, consulting firm. Uh, I mean, you can take a guess at whoever you want. And I was doing everything from uh, Sarbanes-Oxley auditing actually to what was called JSOX, which is essentially the Japanese version of that, uh, financial compliance and controls auditing, IT auditing, um, actually some programming as well. One of my gigs that I sat for a long time was actually I sat between uh, development, like devs, and accounting and I actually helped manage some financial application development because I understood accounting and I also understand uh, DevOps not I'm not a DevOps expert but I can speak to developers from an accounting perspective because I, I took a year of C++ programming and I used to dabble in that quite a bit and so I did all that um, while I was actually building up my personal career uh, or this writing career I was running Neowin as I was doing this, and I ran Neowin for a couple of years, actually, while I was running both jobs, essentially, I, I would I would do it in between lunch breaks and take meetings and whatnot. And um, I was I was literally running both careers at the same time. And then Neowin eventually got to the point where it could support me full time. And I, I did, had some other side gigs that were uh, helping pay the bills as well. And so I was able to leave the that that career um, around the same time I was getting my MBA. And so it was kind of just a right time, right place, right, everything just kind of aligned, right? All that hard work. I mean, I used to write, my wife would attest to this, I would come home from work and then write about Microsoft from like 6 to 9 p.m. every night for years, literally years doing this, just to try to build up um, a portfolio of who I was. And eventually the stars aligned that that income was enough that I could support my family, barely at the time, it's, barely at the time um and leave that professional world and and chase this kind of dream if you will it, it, it's it's worked out well it's stressful it's a lot of work um i always i'm always working working out of your house is great uh the problem is is that you never stop working and so but when you do, do what you love and love what you do um you know it's all kind of the same thing but yeah so i mean i worked that was maybe five six years in the professional world no longer than that i think yeah, maybe five or six, maybe seven, something like that. Um, working in the big, big corporate environments. I think the most companies had 100,000 plus employees when I was working through through them. So, yep. Uh, elusive Man, is Xbox still buying Obsidian? I believe so. Everything that I've heard is that, yes, they're at least pushing towards that. This got to remember earlier at E3, Microsoft announced buying a whole bunch of gaming studios. And this is just kind of the latest one. Phil Spencer had some cash and he wanted to buy up, uh, get some first party content. Everybody's always criticized Microsoft for not having enough first party content. So how do you get first party content easily? You go buy a damn studio. And so they've bought many of them. And so the, the problem here is that Microsoft will buy this and then it'll take some time for it to materialize, right? You can't just build a game overnight. Now, if they have things in the pipeline, sure, that's absolutely going to help. But these are, these are investments for the long haul. And if you have any doubt about Microsoft's commitment to the Xbox space, just look at them buying game studios. If they, did, if they weren't going to be in this space for a while, they would just offload those or not buy them. And so but the fact that Microsoft is buying these companies is a very good thing for Xbox gamers. And then his last question says, will Microsoft ever make a decent dark mode? Um, yes, I'm sure it'll eventually get there, but UI polish has never always, never really been their greatest asset. Um, and so it's getting there, it's trickling down. Um, I wish, they, they need to do some configuring on their updates. They need to, they need to get that process a little bit more um, 
better understood, I guess, because they've got these two updates, but now only the fall update is supported for 30 months in the corporate world. And they have uh, the spring update, which is only updated or supported for like 18 months or whatever it is. And so the spring update needs to become more of like their flashy update and the fall update needs to become the more stability update, but they haven't really dictated how they're going to do that going forward. So we'll see. Um, things happening next week, Microsoft's black surface stuff goes on sale. So you can, uh, if you're, if you're looking forward to that, you know, keep, keep your eyes open or, um, break out the credit card or maybe check FedEx if that's your thing. And, uh, yeah, we'll be on the lookout for what Apple's got coming up here. And, uh, I think that about wraps it up guys. As always, appreciate everybody tuning in and we'll catch you right back here next time.